welcome back to The Catch. Today on the podcast, we are one man short, but it's still here. we're still here. Michael Adams and David McCormick. We're just missing John. Almost had the trio all together, but David, how's it going? Pretty good, Michael. How about you? It's going good. You know, it's a little bit, uh, a little weird not having John here. We've been doing the, the trio route for probably close to four months now. I think this is probably one of the very first ones we have, we've done without all three of us in quite a while, so... I think so. Yeah. Good for us. Well, John is dearly missed. Um, but I honestly, I figured, you know, it was, it was a matter of time. We had a good stretch of luck. And then honestly, I was kind of betting on myself to be the first one to miss, but <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, yeah, but yeah. The, the underdog pick right now, John being the first one to miss, but yeah. Hey, whoever was betting on that, you, you made a good, made a good little chunk of cash. So <laughs> exactly. But David, I, I know that you are in the middle of softball season right now, but I also know that your beloved White Sox are also in the middle of baseball season right now. And there was a pretty that big event are. from the from the White Sox this past weekend, or not this past weekend, but this past week. Maybe a, a little no hitter was it? It was a little bit of a no hitter. Yeah, uh, our boy Carlos Rodon threw a no hitter for the White Sox, which was amazing to see. Did you also throw a no-hitter then this weekend during your softball games? Oh, not even a little bit, Michael. <laughs> um, we uh, we had some we had two pretty good days yesterday, but today I gave up 15 runs, so the opposite of a no-hitter. An all-hitter. Um, an all-hitter. We got we got rocked pretty hard, and it was kind of an all-you-can-eat buffet for the other team. Yeah, I was just I was wondering, but really just hoping that you'd maybe be channeling some of that White Sox energy into your own pitching game. Uh, I can't really say that I was all, I mean, I was excited because I think a no-hitter is always really cool. And just like being a baseball fan, I think it's fun to witness. But being a Cubs fan, I was like, you know, it would have been cooler if it was the other like Chicago team. Yeah, I well, so if you think back to last year, the Sox threw a no-hitter last year, back in I think like August or September. I was very excited. I watched the end of it. I called my dad. But like two weeks later, the Cubs threw a no-hitter. And I was like, good for the Cubs, but also like, it's kind of rude. I mean, we just had, we just had our moment. You had to go throw a no header like two weeks later. It, please, but, sir, let us have our own moment. Don't <laughs> crash our parade. But the Cubs, the Cubs time is coming up. Yeah, honestly, I feel like anyone who's listening, who just heard us betting about who is going to miss the podcast first, if you're a betting man or woman, just go put your money on the Cubs throwing a no hitter in the next two to three weeks. Sounds like we're, a, it's a shoe in. We will not refund you for any money that you have lost, <laughs> mainly because not, you should not be taking betting advice from me specifically. We do not recommend or condone any of these actions, but if one was to. Theoretically. Theoretically. Yeah. yeah Michael, how was your Easter, by the way? My Easter was good. I, you know, we had quite a bit of family over and by quite a bit, I mean, literally just my brothers, their wives and my nieces and nephews, but I'm one of four boys, so it feels like quite a bit now because everyone's married and has like two or three kids, uh, except my, me and my brother Johnny, of course. But uh, everything's a lot more hectic, you know. Once I like hit high school, everyone was older. I'm the youngest, so like holidays were pretty tame outside of just like normal, you know, family holiday discussions. And now we have five kids under the age of four that we are constantly chasing around and constantly tending to which it's really beautiful and really fun uh, you know my 
one of my nephews is just now old enough to really understand what's happening to some degree. Like when you talk about Easter, you talk about Christmas, he's like, oh, like it's, it's Jesus's birthday. Or like, uh, you know, with, East, with Easter, we were trying to teach him a little bit, you know, like Good Friday, you know, the death into like the resurrection and kind of forgiveness of sins, those kind of beautiful things. And obviously it's very like, you know, it's a young understanding of it and it's not matured or anything, but it's still really beautiful to see the joy that it can bring a child. Uh, and always kind of reminds me to kind of stop being so serious sometimes because I'm a pretty serious guy with like religion at times and seeing mm-hmm. them do it like, Oh yeah, you know what? Like this is supposed to be fun. I'm supposed to be happy. This is great. And so it's always good to be with them to have that little reminder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like the, you see like the joy a lot of times like on a child's face, um, especially too. you think back like, oh, like Christ, you know, he rose from the dead. And they're like, yeah, they're like, don't even question. And sometimes I can almost kind of be like, you know, try to be like the wise and the learned being like, yeah, but how did this affect this? Which are not like bad questions. Like you should be diving deep in your faith. But sometimes I've kind of noticed me like, instead of trying to figure this out, like in the middle of mass, maybe, you know, try to try to become more childlike. And, you know, and be open to those things. And sometimes I don't need to be childlike because I am already. But um, in that in that kind of experience, it is kind of interesting, yeah, to see like a kid, um, I think of myself, like around Easter being like, oh, yeah, this happened. I don't even question it. I'm four years old and I know what's up. Um, it's just kind of like an, it's kind of like an interesting balance between between those two. Yeah, it, it is. It reminds me a lot of the story of John and Peter running to the tomb. Uh, and John walks in and immediately believes, just immediately knows what happened, he believes. But Peter walks in, and I definitely feel like I am Peter in this story, but Peter walks in and he sees everything. He's like, okay, what happened? Like, who took Jesus? Like, what happened here? Like, what's going on? And immediately it's like, oh, there's the difference. Like, John sees and believes, Peter is hesitant. I was like, I don't like to be Peter, but I definitely (laughs) probably am. (laughs) In certain cases, yes. Yeah. But some, I, I'm glad you actually asked about Easter because uh, today I actually wanted to kind of follow up on Lent. Something that mm-hmm. I have struggled with in the past um, and even currently, I think, is sometimes we put so much emphasis on Lent, on our spiritual growth and spiritual habits that we want to develop, that when we hit Easter, it feels like we kind of can just put our foot back on the gas and just kind of cruise into whatever we once were doing uh i know for me sometimes i've thought of lent's like oh lent's a special time which it is and because it's a special time i need to pray more i need to read more i need to cut vice out of my life which again is true you should but i know the temptation at times is there's no longer this quote-unquote accountability with god like i didn't make any lenten promises after lent like i'm good to go like i can go eat as much chocolate as I want, or I can go be on social media as much as I want, or I can go say that word as much as I want or do X, Y, Z thing. And it's very easy to just ruin all of the progress that we once Mm -hmm. made. And so I I wanted to kind of follow up on your Lent, my Lent, and kind of talk about the dangers of falling into kind of a, uh, quote unquote, since we're talking about baseball, a slump, a Lenten slump after it. So uh, yeah, do you have any, any thoughts on that? Yeah, it's, it's honestly kind of funny that we did this topic, just because I was actually reflecting on it yesterday and today, uh, thinking about, you know, like, you know, Lent, you know, that was brilliant. 
you know, there were so many great things. Obviously, there were areas of struggles, but like I really felt myself, you know, growing closer to the Lord in that special time and being like, what have I been doing the last two weeks? Um, so, yeah, I definitely have felt that a little bit. And I think one of the biggest things is kind of jumping into um, with like some of like the like the Lenten promises we were making or the things we we're trying to observe is now that we're back, I almost feel freed from it and being like, oh, well, I can do this. So that means I should. So like I was trying to work a lot on like swearing and I think overall for Lent, I did a pretty good job. Uh, and then it was, I've noticed kind of falling back into swearing a little bit more than I was during Lent being like, well, I can do it. So that means I should do it. Uh, and even just with, with, with different things, like, um, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of interesting though, because I feel like it comes a little bit into our human nature that we have seen in certain areas of our life, you're hoping that, you know, you can see how you've been growing closer to God and you're aware of it too through the lens. And then we actively choose to go back to the thing that's going to bring us like further away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What you said there really struck me when you said, because I can, now I think that I should. Yeah. And knowing, knowing the difference between can and should. I mean, it seems very simple, but there's so many things in our lives that we encounter that it's like, oh, I could do that, but I don't because I know that I shouldn't, that's not good for me. It's not going to take me anywhere I need to be, but it sometimes feels like, and I think it can be dependent on what we're giving up for Lent and kind of the reasons why we're giving it up. But I think sometimes with it, we can look at that and just kind of make it seem like we're doing something nice for God. It's like, oh, I'm doing this to be, you know, a good child, a good servant, but now my shift's over. And now I can relax. Now I can go kick my feet up and I can go do whatever the heck I want because I don't have that bounding promise to God anymore. And it always makes me kind of reflect on the question with myself of the promises that I make to God. And we'll talk about like our baptismal vows, even because we renew those on Easter. Those vows aren't temporary. And those promises aren't temporary. Those are long lasting. And sometimes we do give up things for Lent that, you know, we give up just as a part of Mm self-sacrifice, whether it be, say, we're giving up coffee. Mm -hmm. Now, giving up coffee, when Lent ends and now you're drinking two cups of coffee a day again, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, it really isn't. But sometimes, and this is something that I've done in the past, we give up something that we actually need to give up. Like you said, cursing. Um, Maybe it's just like some behavior that we want to get rid of. Maybe it's, we want to be more patient and charitable with those around us rather than screaming at them and getting angry in those situations. That's not something that is a temporary promise that suddenly God is okay with us doing. That's something that's like, Oh, you already needed to be doing better on that. Please keep going. Uh, And then lastly, I know a lot of things that we do is, um, like we actually help serve others or we'll kind of commit to more prayer or to more reading. And something that someone said to me the other day that was really striking was anytime that God is calling you closer or drawing you near, you never have to wonder whether or not that's the right thing to do. There's never a reason to avoid that or walk away from that. Um, This is specifically me saying that I felt called to be more in front of the tabernacle for longer periods of time, but like, you know, having some other issues or things come up to kind of break that out. And he kind of looked at me, he's like, you know, that's always a good thing. That's never a bad thing. So that's why I kind of wanted to draw a line is post Lent, keep the good, 
keep the good doing the good and then keep the bad out. <laughs> we already gave yeah. it up. So keep it out. But everything that we added, that's good. We should keep that. Uh, I've been monologuing for about three minutes now. So I'll let you go. <laughs> you got me monologuing. <laughs> no, those are all, those are all really good points. And I think, you know, saying like, yeah, if it is, if it is something that is good and it's something that is like, you know, still doable as you're saying, if it's getting you closer to the Lord, um, try to be specific in your reasons as to why you're not doing it. Like I, um, I think back to like my, um, some stuff that I've been doing was like, all right, well, what are my specific reasons for not continuing to do this? And it might not be as strict as it was for Lent, but then it's like, oh, a lot of times those reasons might be complacency. It might be laziness. Um, or just like maybe not wanting to, um, you know, to serve the Lord in that way. Um, cause it might take me out of my comfort zone. So I think just like being specific with that too. Um, I, yeah, I, I hundred percent believe that there is that temptation to just fall back and be like, yep, I'm done now. Like, see you next time. I'm going to go back to the way I was. But if you think back to like the, the apostles, like their life was changed after the resurrection. Um, you know, after the crucifixion and resurrection, their life was changed. Like they did not go back to really what they were doing before. You see, as we're reading right now, um, you know, in the, in the, in the daily readings for Acts of the Apostles, like they were transformed through like Christ's resurrection, they were transformed. And I guess that's kind of the question is like after Easter, you know, after the resurrection, have you been transformed or have you have, or have you gone back to, um, what you were doing before? Because if the apostles went back to what they were doing before the resurrection, they would have been isolated and hiding, but that wasn't the case. That's such a good point. And I'm going to argue that every single person who enters into Lent wholeheartedly and actually gives of themselves and actually desiring to be closer and desiring to be transformed, I'd argue every single person is transformed on Easter morning, both mm-hmm. by just the actual resurrection happening and it being Easter Sunday, but also because of all the work and the progress that was made in those 40 days of Lent. Like, don't ignore the leaps and bounds that you have accomplished. But what comes out of that is that we look at ourselves. It's kind of like, here's your trophy. You did it. Now go celebrate and party and do whatever you want. But in reality, we need to hold on to that transformation. And we look to the apostles when they did, you know, experience these transformations and we can look at it on Easter, but we can look at it just in their, their calls when Christ is actually calling them to follow him before him, they were one way after him, everything was different. Their lives were different. And that's kind of what we're experiencing as lens. Our lives are different for some reason. And that reason is Christ. And now that the season technically is over, the call is that our lives are still different that our lives are still transformed to be more like him. And obviously this comes in moderation, but I, I just really love the kind of the, the point you made there about that transformation. Cause we're all experiencing it. It's just a matter of how hard can we hold on to it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't mean like you have to like white knuckle it. Either. Like, Oh, I'm going to like, like I didn't touch coffee. I'm really not going to touch coffee. Like that's that to clarify. Yeah. That's not what we're saying. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think it's just more of, um, yeah, thinking about, you know, how, how your heart was transformed and yeah, that the, this kind of goes back to the podcast we had a few weeks ago, you know, like the light in the dark, you've been brought into the light, you know, through the resurrection. 
by through like through no like skill of your own and are you going to choose to stay there because you can't and the lord would love for you to stay there or are you going to kind of say like yeah my time my time with that is done i'm going to go back to what i was doing before and it is tempting like like you said i in the last two weeks have fallen have very much kind of resorted back to a lot of the things I was doing before Lent. And I think just a great and great, like a great comforting thing for that is you can take those struggles to the Lord. Um, you know, let him in, let him know what's going on. And, you know, that you still desire to grow closer to him. And that, you know, Easter Sunday is a celebration. And that celebration should affect, you know, others around you. That makes sense. And I think that's just that's just some kind of something that like has inspired me to to hopefully try, especially in these next coming weeks, because I think the temptation is still going to be strong to go back to what I was doing before. It definitely will be, and that's something I want to also clarify for everyone listening that if you're in the position right now where you are experiencing experiencing this slump, that's okay. You know, if it's suddenly harder or you feel yourself falling into the habits or habits that you once were struggling with, or you, you feel yourself, you know, drawing away from the Lord and no longer spending as much time with him in prayer. It's okay to realize that and to see that. But now that we've seen it or now that we've recognized it, let's change it and change our course and direction back to the Lord. And we can do that in various ways, but I wanted to kind of focus on how do we actually physically control this process. And something that I did this year for the very first time that I found very beneficial was actually creating a post Lent plan because before, before Lent myself, and I know many others, probably everyone listening, you kind of come up with that plan. It's like you type it in your notes on your phone, like, okay, I'm going to give up X, Y, Z, or like, I'm going to do like an extra rosary this day, this day, whatever it may be. And that's already common practice, but what if the week before Easter, we actually sat down and looked at our progress and said, okay, this is what I've been doing. How do I want to re-enter into the world post-Lent effectively? Okay, I'm still allowed to drink coffee. Okay, I made a lot of progress with cursing. I still actually want to hold myself accountable to that. I'm still going to actually make that a goal for my future to not do that. Um, For me, one of the big things this year was social media. And so I gave up all social media for Lent going back after Lent, I knew that I was going to engage with social media to some degree, but I kind of put markers. I was like, okay, I can spend an hour on social media every day. And I have it on my phone now where once I hit the hour mark, it gives me a little notification, kicks me off the app. Um, So effectively planning for your success and planning for how you want to re-enter into the world post-Lent, I think is so important Because I would argue that the reason that we fall by the wayside and the reason that we fall into these slumps is typically not our own fault and not because we're bad people or we're bad Christians or anything like that. It's typically just a a lack of preparation and a lack of really knowing what direction we want to go. And so lacking any direction, we just fall to whatever we once were doing and what was once comfortable for us. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, honestly, I think you kind of, I hit it on the head right there that having that specific plan can be really beneficial and it's something like I wish I would have made that specific plan um I know we were talking last month about like you know with like daily prayer 
then more often than not, if you're like, oh, I'll, I'll figure it out, I'll get to it, more often than not, it doesn't happen. And I kind of think this might be, you know, something similar to that. You're like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll get to it, I'll figure it out, you know, at some point down the road. Um, it really helps to be specific and to be intentional with that. Yeah, and just thinking about, um, you know, how, how has Lent transformed your life? It's an invitation to... It's an invitation to, to show, you know, how the resurrection has impacted your life and not, not in a way that is, look at me, I'm so good, but in a way that's outward, that's reaching to others. Um, and I said it before, you know, like how, um, how is it impacting, you know, the lives of those around you? I would say like, for me, like not swearing as much, I think it's impacting the lives of those around me. Um, I mean, maybe on social media less, I think it's helping me to be more present with those around me as well. I want to also note off of that, that you said, you know, I wish we would have done that. Um, and maybe people are listening saying, yeah, like that would have been a good idea. I'll do that next year. But it's also never too late to actually now go back and partake in that and actually do that. You still know what you gave up for Lent and you still know everything that you kind of growed, grew in, you know, you know, the progress that you made. So we can go now two or three weeks past now, look back and say, okay, these are the things I gave up. This is how I grew. I've fallen by the wayside for these two weeks. How do I want to get back into the group of things? What do I want to actually recommit myself to? Or what do I actually want to put constraints on to make sure that I don't fall as far as I once was, that I don't fall into full, uh, you know, the full depths of what it, whatever it may be. Um, so that's something I want to emphasize too, is that even though, that examination of our lives and examination of kind of what we want to be giving up in Lent is kind of common. It's not a one-time thing either. I mean, if there's something you feel like you want to give up, you don't have to wait to Lent to give that up. And if you want to spend more time with the Lord and you want to increase the amount of time you're praying, you don't have to wait for Lent to kind of have an excuse to do that. You're also capable of doing that now. Uh, so that'd be kind of my challenge is, Lent is, of course, a liturgical season, but the practices that we do in Lent can carry over and can be a 24-7, 365 hab habit that we live. Yeah, and it can become part of your part of your everyday life. Yeah, you could honestly, that's a that's a really good point. You could take those two weeks as like, you know, how you like to do it in film. You know, you 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 have these, well, how you do it like in sports, you have two weeks of film. Look over the two weeks. Where is, uh, you know, where has been the time that you might have fallen back into some things that, you know, you really want to make an effort not to. Like, you know, for me, early on in the morning, I was very good over Lent of, like, not being on social media. Last two weeks, I've been on social media early in the morning. So, like, that's, that's a, I know that that's a battle if I want to continue, which I think I do. I think it is good for me. Um, that's a battle I, mean, I know is going to start early in the morning, like, when I get up and it's still dark out and I'm very sleepy. So, so that I know I can start to, you know, concentrate some of my efforts there as well. Exactly. And this is something that I'm challenging myself to do. And I definitely have not executed my plan perfectly over the last two weeks, but I think every couple of weeks, every couple of months, at least taking time to just, like you said, kind of study film and where is the Lord active? Where is he calling me closer? Where is he actually calling me to let go? And addressing that and actually surrendering to that, it's really powerful, very heroic. And 
I think all of us probably have the ability to grow in that effort a little bit more. I know I do. hundred <laughs> percent. I do as well. Yeah. That's it. It is kind of funny when you text me about this. I was like, yeah, I think I, I think I need this one. Um, <laughs> I think this would be a good conversation to have. Yep. This is a, that's how most of the podcasts go. It's either I need to talk. If I prepped it, it's like, I need to share this and I need to talk about this because I'm probably struggling with it. And then usually just by coincidence and probably because all three of us are very similar minded people uh, and have kind mm-hmm. of similar views on the world and on the faith that ends up being a very applicable conversation for all of us. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, but that's that's all I have for today. It's real kind of short, sweet, but something that I think it's important and just would encourage everyone to sit with and take time praying with. Do you have anything yeah. else, David? No. Um, if we successfully steal, um, sneak Michael onto our softball team, I'll make sure to give everyone that update on how he does. Dingers. But besides that... <laughs> all day finger daily um, that's gonna be me yep. <laughs> but besides that i don't think so great well everyone thank you so much for listening as always we we really appreciate it more than you'll ever know but if you have any questions comments concerns please reach out to our team at the catch cc at gmail.com and real quick before we go i have two quick words the first one is from our buddies over at covenant eyes if you or someone you know is struggling with an addiction to pornography i really highly encourage you to go check out their website using the using the link in the description below they have some really incredible resources that can help yourself and help others actually fight this addiction and actually make progress in it and the second word i have is from our buddies over at bishop sheen rosaries We're going to be having Adam back on the podcast here in a few weeks, but would definitely appreciate if you guys went over and supported them using the link in the description below. They have some really high quality rosaries that really actually go to support a very good cause. So until next time, we will talk to you all later. Thank you. God bless. Adios. See ya.